it was funny when I when I went to get my hair cut. I I went, I went to Rugeley to have it done because um, when I was younger, I used to get the Buster Rugeley, have my hair cut, see my old friends back in Rugeley. It was cheaper to get the Buster Rugeley and get your hair cut because haircuts were cheaper in Rugeley back then. That's that's not important information. But I was I was there getting my hair cut and, and you're there for half an hour, right? And the, the guy's talking to you, and it always comes round to eventually, doesn't it? What do you do for a living? And so I was able to, to tell him I was a, a training Baptist minister, and you kind of you're ready then to to, to uh, sort of do something or whatever it might be. Uh, told told him all about House of Bread, and he was really chatty, really talking about the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then when it came to the end of the haircut, I went to the counter and I said, oh, actually, I, I kind of assumed that you might have a little card machine. And, and I wasn't able to pay him. Uh, <laughs> and I've never been looked at with more kind of just presuming that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a con man on, in, out in Rugeley for the day. Uh, but I, so I ran to the bank, I ran back and I, I tipped in £2 as well. So uh, all was good. So that, when the receipt comes, Alex, I'll just include the £8, not the uh, £8 is thinking. What a waste of money that was. So good morning and welcome to the Beacon. We're, we're looking at Ephesians and it was, it was, it's been quite funny really. I, I, um, I've been reading this passage throughout most of the week, you'll be pleased to know. Um, we're, we're towards the end of, of Ephesians. Ephesians 6 verse 21 and I read it and I'll summarise it for I'll read it to us it's a short passage Tychicus the brother and faithful servant in the law this is page 1177 Tychicus the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And I thought, gosh, there's, there's, there's not a great, at first glance, I was thinking, there's not an awful lot in that passage. I was thinking, I wonder where we'll, we'll go with this. Essentially, Paul is saying, here is Tychicus. He's uh, going to deliver this letter, we presume. He's going to encourage you when he gets there. Grace and peace to you. He, he often says that, doesn't he, at the end of letters. And so we came in on Wednesday morning and we had our meeting with Alex and there was a couple of other people there. And we, we sat down and Alex, we were going through the end of 2 Timothy, which Chris is preaching on tonight. And, and Alex said to me, Matt, I often find the endings of letters are, are, are some of the richest works of Paul, aren't they? And I went... <laughs> but it is rich there is plenty here so do not worry do not fear but there is plenty there so in this letter Paul is sending Tychicus okay? he's sending Tychicus to Ephesus possibly with a couple more letters and his intention here is he says uh, Tychicus, the dear brother, faithful servant, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose. That's the purpose Tychicus is going to Ephesus. Not necessarily to deliver it, although he probably did, but particularly to encourage them and particularly to give an update on how Paul is. Now sometimes, some, some uh, preaching 
enthusiasts, shall we say, would say, find the ambiguity in the text. Find the bit that kind of doesn't sit well with you. So as I've sat with this text this week, I can't help but think, Paul, why would you not write down your testimony? Why would you not write down the fact that you're, you're in prison at the moment? Why would you not write down the fact that you've been uh, thrown out of here, there and everywhere, you've been beaten, and all the, this, this, this real suffering that Paul has gone through? Why would you not prefix this in the letter? Why would you not tell the reader all about how you really are? Because how he really is, is kind of a great testimony, isn't it? It's, it, it, it would only, in my mind, serve to elevate, if you like, the, the other things that he was saying. So they'll go, well, not only is Paul writing these wonderful words in Ephesians to us, but, but he's, he's in prison and, 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 and he's suffering greatly. How, how, can he, how can he think these things when he's in that position? And, and, and Paul often does that, doesn't he? He talks about his situation... Uh, and we might look at it and go, and yet Paul was faithful. He talks about perseverance, doesn't he, and running the race. And, and, and I can't help but think, it's a short letter, why not put one or two chapters on exactly what was happening at this time to him? But he doesn't. He wants them to, he wants Tychus to go back specifically to tell him how he is doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. So I found this really hard. Why wouldn't he tell them exactly how he was? And I've come to kind of believe that it's something to do with Paul seems to want to elevate the theology of this letter and not talk about himself. I think what this text says is is actually what's more interesting to us or or, or really helpful to us is it's, it's not what Paul does say, but it's what Paul doesn't say. Paul has got a cracking testimony of what's happening in his his life. And he chooses not to say it. He chooses to to hold it back. Tychus can go and tell them. He can tell them in such a way and and, and make sure that they're they're fully aware of him. But for the readers of this letter, for those that it's going to get passed on to, and maybe there's some other churches around Asia that it's going to go to, Paul wants them to read the theology only. He doesn't, he, he, he almost makes no reference to his suffering. 313 he says, in, um, he, he says, I do not want you to be discouraged by the, by the suffering that I'm going through. He's absolutely adamant that the theology must be elevated and his situation must be reduced. Now that's not how Paul always works. Many of his letters, as I said before, he talks about his situation and, and how he is and his suffering. And, and, and evidently the reader would go, oh, well, that, that kind of um, puts your testimony into context, Paul, and, and they would have been lifted by that. But this particular letter, Paul is saying it's all about the theology, not all about the base, as I was just uh, singing to uh, some of the children there. It's all about the theology. And so what Paul does is, is he, he concentrates on it. Now, there's an author that I uh, kind of like, I thought I liked, until I tried to find an example of a book I had by him, and, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> so I, I do like him, because he writes under two different names. He writes under Tom Wright. Have you heard of him? Tom Wright, very easily accessible. I've got loads of Tom Wright books. And, and Tom Wright talks about, 
experience and he, he talks about how the Bible kind of brings the Bible to life with some everyday uh, stuff that, that, that goes on around the world. Talks about Jesus and, and relates it to modern day. So I've got bags and bags of Tom Wright books. But he also writes under a, a pseudonym or whatever you call it called N.T. Wright. So he writes very, very theological books, very, very deep and profound books, digging into the text. And what, so what Tom Wright does is, is sometimes he says, sometimes you need to hear the, the deep theology and you need to dig into it. But sometimes, in other contexts, it's, it's, it, there's a, a broader picture that you need to be aware of. Unfortunately, I don't have any N.T. Wright books in the office down there. But neither does Alex. <laughs> Do you? I'm sorry. I couldn't find them. I, I, yeah, I, I had a quick look. I couldn't find them. Well, we'll, we'll go with, with your... Uh, if you say they're there, I'll, I'll believe you. That's it. They are there. They're there. Alex would not lie. But anyway. So, so sometimes, really, it's important. It's a particular letter for a particular people. Sometimes deep theology. Sometimes context and, and how Paul is doing. And this particular letter... Paul particularly wants the church to dig into the theology, the truth of God and who God is and who we are in God. I went to a, um, a, a, a communion service on Thursday at Rickerscote Church. It's quite a high church, isn't it, it turns out. I didn't really know that. Turned up, I went there for a meeting. Turned out I was going to the communion first, 45 minutes no singing, all spoken words, all uh, reading out bits of Bible, reading out uh, liturgy, listening to prayers, listening to this, this wonderful sermon. 45 minutes all about who Jesus is, all about who God is, all about who we are in God. Wonderful, wonderful service. Will was with me, the, the House of Bread director, nudged me and he said, I'm really sorry. I said, that's great, I'm loving this, this is fantastic, really, really uplifting. Nothing better sometimes than hearing a, a good sermon that we can relate to life and it's all very, very helpful to us. But also there was nothing better for that particular time than to, than to really dig into the truths about God, the firm, the solid foundation. So I encourage you next week, I believe Alex is going to go through a kind of an overview of Ephesians and I encourage you next week to, to come and listen and to dig into those things to, uh, of what it is that Paul's saying to us. Let me just read some bits. Just, just um, I, could, I could read it all. It's so rich in, 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 in content of who God is. I'm not going to call the, the verses out, but just sentences like, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. In him we were also chosen. And God... Raises, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. But now Christ Jesus, who you once were far away from, has been brought near by the blood of Christ. Goes on to write, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. There's instruction, be completely humble, be patient, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Among you there must be no hint of sexual immorality. He goes on to say, submit yourself out of reverence for Christ. Put on the full 
armour of God. For you who were once in darkness are now in the light of the Lord. We could read it all and it's all really, really rich. And I think Paul is saying, I'm not going to add to this letter with a story about myself. I'm not going to add my context to this letter. This is one of those N.T. Wright letters for a particular people at a particular time. And you need to dig into this theology. So the first thing I want to say about this passage is it's the right message that Paul is giving. And I'm sure Paul will be ever so pleased to hear me say that. I'm sure he'll be looking down from heaven with... Uh, with, with um, Saints saying, well, there you go, Matt's uh, vindicated me, he's validated my letter, wonderful news for him. So it's the right message for the right people. The second thing is he chooses the right person to take this message across. Tychus, what does Paul refer to him as? Dear brother, faithful servant. Dear brother translates to co-worker, which in the Greek it has an air of, of a particularly close relationship particularly close, Paul and Titus, they've worked together, they've travelled together, been through a lot together, and, and yet they have this particularly close relationship. He calls him a faithful servant. Paul refers to him in Colossians as a faithful minister, and again as a servant. Wonderful words to describe someone. So therefore, Tychus, very, very qualified and able to teach because he was faithful. So if he was faithful, then this theology that's contained within Ephesians, he would have known it. He would have agreed with it. He would have, in the same way that Paul elevates it, he, he too, we assume, would have, would have had a high view of it. So he's able to teach. He's, he's um, able to encourage. This letter says he was there to encourage. Perhaps Tychus's role was to say, well, actually, Paul's not so good at the moment. But that's not a reflection on God. That doesn't mean we should be discouraged. Perhaps Tychus was there to to pastorally explain how Paul was. One of the problems with the the, the context that Paul is writing to is, uh, and and he sends Tychus to Ephesus a bit later on in the the Bible. He sends uh, Tychus to Ephesus because there's a particular false gospel that's being preached that's being proclaimed whereby they say and it was uh, some people we, we've learned about in the evening service Hymenaeus and Philitus saying actually the, 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 the resurrection has already occurred and that all the blessings and the resurrection being the resurrection of, of the dead the, the, the end times all the blessings of heaven are available now and today and therefore if anyone is suffering in this life there's, there's, a, there's, 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 there's a problem there what's really that what, the, uh, what, what, what the, these false teachers were saying at the time was, if you, if you are a real believer, if you're a real Christian, then you won't be going through suffering. You won't be going through hard times. And so Paul is, is writing into that context. And, he's, and he sends Tychus into that context. We can only assume that this was already beginning to happen. He certainly sends it into him later. And it's so easy, isn't it, to, be, to think, well, actually, my, my circumstances are, I'm struggling at the moment, I've lost my job, or my health is suffering, but it's not a reflection on God. And, it's, and Paul, again, by omitting to tell them how he is, elevates the theology, and also I think he's been a bit pastoral to say, don't, don't, don't be put off, don't be worried, as he says in 3.13, about my suffering. So he's the right person to send, the right person to teach and explain and encourage and and pastorally update. And the great thing about this is it could be anyone. 
This Tychus person who Paul sends could be any one of us. Sometimes we can look at people, particularly like Paul in the Bible, and think, you know, who am I in this story? And almost certainly we're never Paul, are we? Paul is just this wonderful apostle who, who just risks his life all the time and writes wonderful words and, and, and he just has this incredibly successful and, and brilliant ministry. We're not Paul, are we? But we are Tychus. Who is Tychus? He's a co-worker. He's faithful. He's a servant. He's a dear brother. I remember when we started a youth club, uh, when I was doing some work with the Methodist church, we started a youth club in, in Woodseas. And we had this meeting to, to begin the, the process of, of, of planting this youth club. And on the way down, I, I said to the guy I was travelling with, I said, if we can find three people who, are, are, who really get this, who really are faithful and want this to happen, I said, we'll, we'll go for it. And we went to this meeting and it was wonderful. And there was three ladies there, Jill, Eileen and Margaret. Wonderful women, wonderful godly women. Knew exactly who they were in Christ. Sure and certain, firm foundation faith people. And they were absolutely sold out that we must plant a youth club. And so we planted the club and, and they were there every single week. Margaret did the, the money, the, she, she uh, counted the money for me, but I think Sheila's here, so she'll be, she'll be pleased to know Sheila, I think, wasn't the treasurer of the youth club. That's why it's still going now, I think. And to this day, if you go there on a Wednesday, you'll see Jill, and you'll see Margaret, and you'll see Eileen. All three of them there, faithful uh, servants, dear friends. You don't have to be this wonderful, strong, high personality person to do, to spread the word, to do the work of the gospel. And that's who Paul sends. So he sends the right message, the right message, and he sends the right person. He also gives us the right prayer at the end. If you look at verse 23, he says, Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says this prayer, the right prayer, peace to, uh, peace to the brothers and sisters. That peace in verse 214 he talks about a kind of a reconciling. Have a, in fact, turn to, to 2.14 now, have a quick look. Ephesians 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside his flesh with the law... By setting aside his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. So Paul prays this particular peace, this reconciling peace among the people of God. And at 4.3 it talks about a bond of peace. In 6.15 it talks about the gospel of peace. Paul prays this peace into the church. Not this peace that we might, oh, I feel really peaceful today. But this peace of reconciliation of all many different types of people coming together under one theology, all in agreement of who God is, of who they are, of what their purpose is in God's name. So Paul prays for this particular peace. Paul prays uh, for this particular thing called love with faith he says he says that he prays peace on them but he prays love with faith that means love with Christ's love 
to love with the faith that comes from this theology that we know who we are in Christ we know who, what God is doing to the world with the world he's trying to reconcile the world to himself we love with that kind of love we love with that kind of love that we see in Jesus I perhaps shouldn't say this but in House of Bread we, we're in a, a position at the moment uh, of, of looking to employ people on behalf of the council to, to, to work with, with troubled families and there's a real battle going on in my mind of whether we employ Christians or non-Christians, whether we're allowed to advertise to uh, and, and, and not employ someone on the basis of faith. And on one hand, it sounds like I'm being quiet. Why, why, why would you not employ someone and, and discriminate? But there's a wonderful thing when the Christian looks at the world and loves the world as Jesus loves the world. There's a wonderful thing when the Christian is fully understanding that they are forgiven, fully understanding that they may approach God, fully understanding and aware of the presence of God in their life. It changes how we see the world. And there's a real burden in my heart that if we can't employ people who, who, who have this passion for the world, then is it something that we're to do? Paul's prayer for them is to love with Christ, to love with faith. Peace be among the whole community, all the difference in personalities and backgrounds, but that they unite in their love for one another. He prays for peace, he prays for love with faith, and he prays grace to all. And I wonder what this church looks like that Paul is writing to. Or when they, they got together uh, and those councils that seem to go on forever to, to put together the Bible and which, which books are in and which books are out. I wonder as the, the bishops and the, the priests, as they got together and, and decided to keep in Ephesians and, and particularly keep in this prayer, I wonder what sort of church they were imagining. And I think they were imagining a church that has the right theology. We've said it a few times. Wonderful songs that Kate picked about. I didn't really tell her too much about what I was going to say. Um, but wonderful songs proclaiming who God is. Apart from the fact that I hope no one heard me peep myself. I, I did sing that the, world, that the earth might revolve like snow because I was thinking of some, the previous line. It was dissolve. And some, did you ever do that? You, you sing the wrong word and you think theologically that's the most ridiculous thing that I've just sung to God there. But he, he knows and he forgives us. This church that Paul is, is, is writing to and, and praying for is a church that knows who God is, that knows who we are, that knows that we are a, a particular people that can approach God, a particular people with a calling and a particular purpose in life. I think this church that he's sending Tychus to is, he would hope, a church that would have full of Tychuses full of people who were dear brothers, full of people who were faithful ministers, faithful servants of God. Imagine that church for a moment. I hope and pray it's, it's us. It's probably no church. It's almost perfect, isn't it? But imagine that church fully united and at peace with one another, fully united in who God is fully faithful and ready to serve and, and, and think the best of one another. And then he immerses it in this prayer for unity and peace and love. 
Now maybe that church doesn't exist, but there's a phrase, a sentence that has stuck out for me over this, this journey with Ephesians. Perhaps you'll have a look at Ephesians verse 3.10 and we'll begin to finish with this. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God be made known. And I think that that's the church that Paul has in mind for Ephesus. The church that Paul has in mind for all those that read his letter. It's the church that they had in mind when they put the Bible together and decided what's in and what's out. And it's got to be the church that we hope and aspire to be, hasn't it? I think Paul gave us the right message here. He focused hard in on the theology. It's not always... We can't always do that, can we? Sometimes we need the the other letters and sometimes we need to do different things. But for this particular moment, Paul focuses it in on that and I think that's absolutely right. He, He removes all of himself from it and he sends this wonderful brother to explain it. This wonderful brother to encourage them. This wonderful brother to say, yes, actually, Paul is having a hard time at the moment, but that's not a reflection on God. Your firm foundation, your solid rock, is the theology. It's not how we feel. It's not how Paul feels. It's not what our circumstances are. Let me pray for us, and I wonder if, just because, just because we're at the end of this particular book, Maybe this would be a good time to just stand up and whether you feel I've, I've preached well or not or whether you agree with what I've said or not, maybe we'll, we'll stand together and we'll, we'll just ask God that he would make us that church, shall we? I think sometimes in, in church, that's, it, that's great, do stand. I think sometimes we do often say, stand if you feel able or stand if you feel you want to at this moment. Sometimes I think it's nice that we, let's all stand if we are really able. Let's all stand and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this letter. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that in you we are forgiven. That in you we are restored. That in you we may approach the throne of grace. We thank you that in you we have eternity. We thank you that in you there is a joy... The joy of salvation, the joy of knowing you. We thank you that you first loved us. We thank you that it's not about us. Jesus, we come before you now as as a church, as representatives of this church. And we ask God that you would mould us into that people of God that you call us to be. Strong in faith. Not looking to how we feel, not looking to our situation, 
not looking to the world to, to endorse us or to not endorse us looking solely and only to you Lord I thank you when testimony lifts us up I thank you when testimony can be a great tool to reach out but Lord at this particular moment at this particular time may we look to you to who you are and would you mould us into that dear brother that faithful servant that dear sister would you mould us into those people and I pray this prayer over us that Paul prays at the end peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. May we go out of this place. May we see the world differently. May we love the world in your strength. May we love the world looking only to you. May we love the world because we have been changed, renewed by you. Amen. Amen.